Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Men who mimosa. I've, I've been known to have a mimosa an hour, yeah. Yeah, now and then, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, what is your... I love uh, it. You guys are... We're prepared. Cheyenne's got like three cups over I know, there. What's she's going ready on? to roll. She is. <laughs> well, everybody else has turned it down, so she just takes the rest of it. I mean, that oh. whole thing's going to be hers. There you go. There you yeah. go. Well, I brought it from home, so I guess yeah. I'll just take it back. Yeah. So, I mean, you've had a mimosa from time to time. What is your, like, kind of go-to drink? What do you, what do, you do? Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not, like, a real heavy drinker, yeah. uh, but whenever I, I do, I like Tito's and Red Bull. Oh, Really, the Red yeah. Bull. That's yeah. got to just kind of amp it up. That's yeah, what, that's what you're ready Red to go. Bull and yeah, I'm a, yeah. I can drink a beer or two every now and then. So yeah, yeah. but uh, back back in your day though, back when you were playing, I mean, were, were you were you hitting it hard or no? No, no, no not really. I mean, really? I, I played every day, so I wasn't yeah. like one of those guys that would go out and you know get hammered or. I'm, I'm you know, I. Pretty, pretty mellow, low-key. I'm not yeah. a heavy drinker or anything like that. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, you play every day. So, I mean, when back in your playing days, I mean, you obviously want to be in your prime, playing your best at all times. So, do you kind of – do you have like a – like a? did you have a diet? Did you just stay away from alcohol altogether? I mean, what – No, the game's changed so much now. When, uh, when we would go on the road, if we get there early, like Craig Council was one of my, you know, good teammates for a long time. We would – there'd be a bunch of us. We'd get to the city – we get there early enough, we'd go have a nice steak dinner, and then uh, he's the one who really got me introduced into wine. Started drinking, you know, oh, we'd, have, wine, yeah. Yeah. we'd have wine at dinner and stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, we, you know, it's not like, you know, we, we were an older bunch of guys, so it wasn't like we were 21, 22, bunch of single guys going out and clubbing and stuff yeah. like that. So we were older teams, so we would, yeah. we would do that, have dinner, and then go back to the hotel bar and just kind of chill out, hang out, and then – Get ready for the game the next day. But I mean, you've you played you played for many years. So I mean, you did have some youngers uh, below you. Do, you. do you ever see them going out doing their thing? And you're just like, no. Uh, well, I mean, it's changed so much now. I mean, these guys are so they're on diets and they don't. Uh, you know, they're they're all having their protein shakes and 
like after games, guys are taking home their to-go boxes with their healthy meals and stuff, man. I was a, uh, I was probably the worst diet guy you can think of. <laughs> I was a pizza, chicken wings, club sandwich kind of guy. Yeah. So I grew up, I grew up in Florida. I went to college in Mobile, Alabama, in the South. So I was like, if it's not fried, it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. I wanted That's everything fried: fried back. chicken, fried everything. Yeah, shrimp, everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm, I, and I've still been like that to this day. I'm starting to gain a little bit of weight, but I, you know, I still try to maintain as much as I can. Yeah. But uh, the weight sticks on you a little bit harder now when <laughs> yeah. you get older. Yeah, definitely. So now you said the game has changed so much. So I mean, is it just that is it is there that much more competition now that the players have to be like the best they can be to to even make the team is that kind of how it's changed there's more competition to get into these uh positions yeah well i think when i say that i say you know i played till i was 40 in the big leagues you don't see a lot of guys doing that now i think there's like five guys right now that are um 40 or above that are still playing and i think three or four of them are pitchers uh-huh. So usually when you get to that age, you're considered a dinosaur and they get you out. It doesn't matter how good you're doing or not. But um, you're seeing a lot more of uh, the younger players, 22, 23 years old, getting to the big leagues a lot quicker. And uh, their longevity is not as long. Like I was able to play up here for 18, 19 years. So you don't see that as much now with those guys. But, uh, you know, the training and things like that. When we used to come into spring training, you would work yourself into playing shape. Now these guys work out 24-7, year-round. They got strength and conditioning coaches. They got nutritionalists, people cooking meals for them and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I remember my first couple times I came down here, and I didn't know, I don't know, couscous. I was like, I looked I at the, yeah. I went in the kitchen. I go, what is that? And they go, it's couscous. I go, what? So what is that? I don't know what that is. I'm not eating that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody cooked me a burger in here or something. But, but you know that, and that's yeah. how these guys are. They're they're training and things like that. That's how they are nowadays. And I mean, they look good getting off the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, in the old days, if if you got hurt, man, you weren't around. So guys would play through injuries and things like that. Now we're we're more cautious, and you know the protocols and things like that. We give guys more days off and things like that. I never wanted to come out of the lineup because I was afraid somebody like Gunner was going to take my yeah, job. Right. Well, so, I know that. if you've seen yeah. him play. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, but back in your playing days, I mean, obviously the biggest milestone I think was back in uh, 2001, Game Seven of the World Series, um, and everybody remembers that. You know, with your game-winning hit, right? So um, take us back to that day, man. I mean, just um, kind of, I mean, it was down there at Chase Field, the stadium. I mean, one of the biggest stadiums in the major league, yeah. in the major leagues, right? 50 some odd thousand people all on their feet. Just the pressure going yeah. through your mind. Well, I, you know, we won games one and two. We go to New York. We lose games three, four, and five. And we get back to our place for game six. We, we blew them out. And. The whole series, I mean, it was 9-11, mm-hmm. just er- the whole thing, just the anxiety and everything that builds up for for us. We were the oldest team in baseball at the time. The Yankees were the dynasty team. They had won three three or four consecutive World Series. They were going for another one. We won the first two, and we go, oh, we got these guys. We're going we're gonna to get them. And then they find a way to win. I mean, they were a veteran club. They knew how to do it. And then, you know, after game six, you're so amped up, and, you know, we're at home playing in front of our home crowd. And the way the series had gone, we went at our place. They won at their place. Yeah. We felt really good about it. But that might have been the longest 
time from that final out of game six till the beginning of game seven, just a come on, let's go. Looking at the clock every two minutes, it's the yeah. it's time's not moving. And then to finally get there, um, you know, for me to be in that moment of game seven of the world. So you dream about that as a little kid, you know, even yeah. a, a male or female, whatever sport it might be or whatever situation. Um, I'm a sports fan, so I used to sit at home, and, you know, even now I still sit at home. And I go, man, I wonder what that feels like when a guy makes a putt or yeah. a swimmer or somebody wins something major. You go, man, that must be an incredible feeling. And to find myself in that moment, game seven of the World Series, that's a moment that I played out in a scenario when I was yeah. six, seven, Front eight yard, years you're throwing old. throwing the ball yeah, up. You, yeah. With your buddies, yeah. and you're going, game seven of the World yeah. Series, bottom of the ninth. And I'm like, holy shit. Game in that seven. moment, I don't, yeah. I don't mean to cuss, but yeah, no, you're good. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, don't screw this up. You yeah. got one shot at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was very thankful that uh, it turned out really good. And then everybody always asked, what, what would have happened if you didn't? And I'd go, well, it didn't happen that way, so I don't even want to think about it. Right. So it didn't even cross your mind what would have happened had you struck out or something. It didn't even cross your mind. Well, everybody asked me that, yeah. and I go, well, it didn't happen that way, yeah. so I don't want to think about it. Well, but did you envision the thing over? Did you envision the hit? I mean, how, you had to have been thinking well, yeah, about something, I mean, right? As the game was going on in the ninth inning, you know, I made it an out in the eighth. I struck out in the eighth off of Mariano, and he came back out for the ninth. So as a pro player you or an, an athlete, most athletes, you want to be in that situation. And I was looking at the lineup card on the scoreboard out in the outfield. I'm going, okay, if this guy gets on, that guy gets on base, this, I might have a shot to come up again. So to kind of redeem myself. And then lo and behold, we got a little rally going here and there. And then I found myself on deck with Craig Council up at the plate. And it was second and third. And I knew they weren't going to walk him to face me because the year that I had, I had 57 home runs, 140-something RBIs. So I said, okay, they're going to pitch to council. And then when he got hit by the pitch, I went, oh, God, now it's me. Because <laughs> yeah. I was in my mind. I was on deck. I was thinking, okay, when he gets his hit, where do I want to run to to jump on top of him? Or do I jump on the guy yeah. crossing the plate to be on the cover of the Wheaties box? Yeah, right, right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, wow. he gets hit by the pitch, and then I find myself in that moment, and then everything was just surreal. It just kind of slowed down. And uh, I didn't get the Wheaties box cover, but I was on the cover of uh, PlayStation. Uh, oh, that's perfect. Okay, that's cool. That's so, yeah, that was really <laughs> cool. Really and then cool. that's the way it is now. The new generation now, it's all about being on the cover of a uh, – an Xbox yeah. or a PlayStation or whatever it might be. I almost feel like that mentality of you on deck kind of was added, made that a distraction so you didn't get yourself all nerved yeah. up and stuff, you know? Yeah, and then walking to the plate, of course, everything kind of slows down in yeah. time, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is my mom, my grandmother? I come from a Hispanic family, so um, I'm thinking, man, what are they doing right now? All my coaches and everybody, if I get this hit, it's great. If I don't, they, they're not going to claim me. My yeah. mom's like, I don't know whose kid that is. <laughs> I didn't so, reason Yeah, who is that? I, that's not my son. <laughs> don't come back home. We don't want to talk to you. No, you know, you're a failure. Yeah. But uh, it worked out, man. And, it's, yeah. and it was great just to go back home and be around my friends and family. And, you know, my wife's a Texas girl. And just to celebrate that with her family and then going to celebrate it with my family, it was, it was pretty cool. cool. I mean, that was such a, a massive event in baseball for that to happen in that stadium. And now you're, you're back with the D-backs in the front office. You've been here for a while now. But with that happening at Chase Field and now the talk of possibly a new stadium, possibly a renovation, how do you feel about the, the, the thought of a new stadium and, you know, kind of being somewhere else in Maricopa County if, if Chase Field can't get figured out? Yeah, there's a lot of history at 
at Chase Field, what used to be called Bank One Ballpark. And for me, uh, you know, I retired in 08. I came here to work in 2009. And, you know, here we are, 2023. And I still, people like Cheyenne will be walking by me in the grocery store and they go, what's wrong with the D-backs? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a player anymore. I can't control it, you know. I'm in the front office. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's it's – you know, it's one of those things, if it happens, it happens. We, it's out of our control, really. Um, yeah. I'd love for something to get done, and, you know, hopefully we stay here. We're, I, I can't foresee us in the, in the near future going anywhere. We love being here. This is, a, this is home. Yeah. I mean, I never, when I finished my career playing, we moved. You know, my wife, like I said, was from Texas. I started my career with the Houston Astros, and mm-hmm. uh, when we got here the first time, I knew this was home. Yeah. I mean, just the people. It's a big little city, I like to call it. Um, and we, our kids grew up here. Everybody's, you know, naturally we love being here and being a part of this place. I'm never going to go anywhere from here. So let's say, um, new stadium somewhere in Maricopa County or a renovation at Chase Field. I mean, what, where are you swaying on this? Damn, one? Gunner, you're trying to move us, huh? <laughs> I'm not trying to move you. I, I'm just, I just read the local news and they're talking about a new stadium. You Cheyenne, know can you hit him in the back of the head <laughs> for me, please? Because we like to take Hit him with that bottle right there. <laughs> We take no. a lot of credit for the Coyotes moving. Cause I, yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> you guys are the ones you sent the limo over to get them out of there, That's right? Much, yeah. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm on the east side. You know, I'm east yeah, facing. You're, I'm a little you're, biased. You're right. There's there's been a lot of rumors out there, but and, and right now they're just rumors. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, we're making some changes in the stadium. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new things this year, and hopefully next year to come, and just make it more accommodating to our yeah. fans and things like that. It's hard to believe when you look at it. We're the fourth, I believe, the fourth oldest stadium in major leagues. I'm like, man, it doesn't seem like it, you know, that we've been around that long for it to be the fourth oldest. But there's a lot of new stadiums with a lot of new technology and different things. That's it's really cool when you walk into some of those parks. But for me, you know, being one of the originals from the team that was there, it's there's got a lot of sentimental feelings and value of being there. Yeah, it would be tough to see that just go away, you know. So, I mean, it would be nicer to just to renovate it, right? And yeah. Just kind of keep the, uh, the diamond in no, the you're same right. spot. You're right. You know, that's it'd be cool. nicer if you put it right in my backyard so I don't have to drive anywhere <laughs> yeah, no, either, right? you know. Yeah. Just so how, walk out of my house and just go right to the stadium. <laughs> you've been you've been in uh, baseball for a long time, man. I mean, you know, now that you're not playing in the front office, you've been here for a while. I mean, how, how much longer you got here? You gonna? I love it. I love yeah. it. My, uh, uh, I have triplets. So I have a son and two daughters. My son plays for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. He got drafted by the uh, San Francisco Giants out of high school, out of Chaparral High School, and then uh, went to the the uh, Giants for a couple years and COVID hit, and then he got Rule 5, which is kind of like being traded okay. uh, to the Pirates, and he loves it over there. And then my daughter, one of my daughters is an actress, and then my other daughter, an actress in L.A., my other daughter uh, lives here, and her – she just got married. Her husband is the closer for the Texas Rangers in the big leagues. Oh, that's cool. So, ba- yeah, it's really cool, but I'm a position player. And how we let a pitcher in our house, I don't know. I keep telling them that. I'm like, dude, you're not an athlete. You're, you're a pitcher. How do we let a pitcher in our house? So, my oh, son and I funny. gang up on him every now and He's yeah. a great guy, and I love him. But uh, we, we give him a hard time. That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, but you're – you didn't answer like how much longer you got here. Oh, I got. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm a lifer. You're, I'm you're a, a lifer. lifer. Yeah, I'm a lifer. They're gonna, gonna have to kick you out of here. They're gonna they have to bury you. me yeah. on the pitcher's yeah. mound out there. <laughs> I, you know what? I love being around people. I love spending time with people. And um, the biggest thing for me is, you know, I, I was able to play for a long time, 
And, and I always tell this, and I tell this to our younger guys out there. I said, look, there's going to be players that come by and they'll break your records, mm-hmm. going to do bigger and better things. They're going to, you know, become other things. For me, the most important thing, I came from nothing. My, my parents were Cuban. My family's Cuban. We didn't have a lot of money or anything like that. I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood. And I was always taught to appreciate what you have and learn to give back and just be a part of the community and do everything. So my mom always taught me that. She was a school teacher, and I was always, you know, around kids and things like that. But I always say, you know, when I talk to these kids, you know, all the records and everything, like I said, can be broken, and there'll be other bigger and better players that come by after you. But the impact that you make is on the impact on the people that you come across, you meet, like sitting here like this. I want people to know me as a normal guy. Um, when I won the home run derby in 01, I'm sitting in my hotel room with my wife, and I said, honey, can you iron my shirt? She said, you can iron your own shirt. <laughs> yeah. I like your I wife. still had to take the, the, uh, the garbage out yeah. and, yeah. you know, do my chores around yeah. the house. It, yeah. I didn't get any special treatment because of who I was. <laughs> right. And I wanted my neighbors to feel like, you know, he's just a normal guy. I didn't shelter myself. I didn't put my kids in public school or anything. We were always out in the community and doing different things and trying to do charity things and help people out and. Yeah. That's the way I grew up. I love that. I was though. always around people. Yeah. I, you know, my wife is a Texas girl. She grew up in like, you know, big area. And, you know, like her neighbor was two miles away or whatever. <laughs> I grew yeah. up where you open your window and you can almost shake <laughs> hands with your neighbor yeah. next door. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more of, uh, you know, like I open my window, she closes them. So I'm like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an open house kind of guy. Yeah. So. You know, my wife and my son and them, they're a little more reserved, so I'm always out there. I love being out in the community and doing a bunch of different things. Um, there were some rule changes this season. So right. now you being in baseball as long as you have been, what are your thoughts on um, just eliminating the shift and the pitch clock and stuff like that? I think the pitch clock is going to be fantastic. It's been great. I mean, you, you, you know, we had a game here the other day, two hours and four minutes, and it was two hours and four minutes because the pitcher got hurt at the end. It might have been under two hours before that. And uh, if you don't pay attention now, you're going to miss an inning or two. So it's great. I think the pace is going to be better for the fans and things like that. Now you have to get to the game early. You can't show up in like the third or fourth inning and leave in the seventh. Those Dodger fans are really in trouble now (laughs) because they come late and leave early. They're going to miss the whole game. They're going to only catch the middle part of the game. But uh, between that and like the shift, I wasn't a big fan of the shift because I just always felt like hitters have to know how to hit. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's all going to work out. It's going to yeah. be great. Left-handed hitters are probably going to take more advantage of it. Yeah. And uh, I think all the changes, it, it takes time to adapt for our fans and for the players and things right. like that. But I think it's all for the, the benefit of the game. And, you know, like we said earlier in, in this interview, we're, we, uh, we're changing. You know, we're always changing. You know, we're always trying to find something better. And for us, you know, in baseball, the game of baseball, they're trying to hopefully keep that – younger generation intrigued with us and to get those fans in there. The NFL does a great job of, you know, keeping that in the the NBA, the way they hype people up. They got DJs in the stands during the game and all kinds of (laughs) stuff. So, you know, it's it's a younger population, and that's what, you know, you got to do everything you can to keep them uh, involved. Got to evolve a little bit, yeah. I mean, baseball had been the same forever, right? And then finally – There's a lot of tradition and history to it, which which is great, but, I mean – these kids are all into social media and podcasts and all kinds of different things. Yeah. Like we're here, you know, yeah. doing this yeah, right now. This so there's there's so many different aspects to this game. These guys are all self promoters now. You really yeah. don't 
you don't need somebody to put out a clip on you or anything like that. You can do it yourself. You can promote your own charity or whatever you're doing. And uh, a lot of people can, can reach back to you or, or, you know, figure out what's going on in your life. Yeah. yeah. All the guys are really easy to get to nowadays. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's accessible now. You can mm-hmm. find a way to, uh, to reach people. And we've talked about it a couple of times, this, uh, both with Derek and with Tori, but like this team this year is very young. It's a very young group of, group of guys. And so like, what are you seeing out of this young team this year? What are you noticing? What's the locker room like? Well, you know, we're about a month into spring training now. Like, what's what's going on down there? Gunner, you're fired, man. She's a pro. <laughs> She's a pro. You sound like you've been down there, huh? I love baseball. I tell you, it's uh, it's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a great group of young guys. They're energetic for one. They play hard, and uh, they're going to give you everything they got. They're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. when they're young players. You're going to make, you know, you might throw the wrong base or, you know. There may be a time where you have a mental lapse out there and a mistake is made. But for the most part, these guys are going to play hard. And we saw it last year when they came up in the second half of the season. We went with a bunch of these younger players. They really energized not only uh, themselves on the field, but they energized our fans Mm -hmm. because the first half of the season really didn't go well. Right. And then when all these young kids say, hey, we're going with the youth movement. And when when we brought these kids up, man, they were playing hard. They were hustling. And there was a lot of teams that didn't want to play us late in the season, especially those teams that are making playoff pushes to try to get there. When you're playing like that, you don't know which team is going to show up. Is mm-hmm. that going to be the young group that's really going to play well, or are they going to be the young group that's going to make mistakes and get their butts kicked out there eight or nine to nothing? Right. So when you have a team like that, it's kind of the mystery of the unknown. That's fun, though. But the longer these guys are playing together and coming up together and growing up together and knowing each other and – Spending more time together, I think it's going to help our team in the long run to to get back to that championship way. So being in the front office, like I know you're not always down there all the time, but you are there. Who right now are you super excited to see kind of like blossom this season? Well, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's Corbin Carroll. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about he's the number one prospect in all of baseball. I just – he's got a different motor. He clicks different. There's something about him that just – he doesn't like losing. And – I've seen it already in spring training. For him being a young player, there's older guys on the team. When you got a younger player that's showing up like that early and putting in the extra work and stuff, it kind of pushes the older guys a little bit. They're yeah. Like, oh, God, this guy's out here busting his tail every day. I can't slack off because then it's going to make me look bad as hard as he's working. And I think he's he's been that guy that's kind of, come on, let's do some little extra work and things like that. So it kind of pushes the other guys to go, Oh, I think I'm going to have to do that extra work. Too. You need that, though. You do. And and that's the reason why he was a first-round pick for us and stuff, stuff like that. Kudos to our scouts that found mm-hmm. him, and uh, we got him in the middle of the draft. But he's been, he's been a blessing to our system. He doesn't play like he's a young player. He plays – his body's young and everything like that, but his mentality is a lot older in this game. He plays like he's a seasoned veteran out there. That is impressive. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. For as young as he is – to see him do what he's doing, and he's not intimidated by anything out there. And I like playing with guys like that. They kind of have a little edge to them. Yeah. Uh, one last question, then we'll uh, we'll let you go. I'm just kind of curious. So, like, back in your playing days and even now, do you listen to local radio at all? Like, when you're driving to, like, this facility or when you're driving to a game or in the locker room, is local radio on at all? Yeah, I do. I do okay. sometimes. So, uh, I, 
Well, the reason I asked that question is because um, not because he's probing to see if you listen. No, to us in no, the morning, no, 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 <laughs> no, not that. It's it's more so like um, like the Cardinals, right? They kind of had a crappy season. Right. We we talk about Bidwell and him making bad decisions and this and that, right? So we're just some schmucks on a country radio station, you know. So I mean, do you li- like? Did you listen to local radio like? while you were playing and even now i mean yeah i think you know like players go oh, we don't listen to that stuff I, I i don't know i think they do they just don't want to admit to it and i, I always tell people i listen to it because i want to know where my gauge is what yeah. you know what people are thinking about I'm, we all have feelings yeah. mm-hmm. um you don't gunner but cheyenne and i do <laughs> i mean exactly. we got we we get our feelings hurt man we want to but uh yeah i just I just always wanted to know the pulse of what people were thinking. And, you know, if people didn't like the way I was playing or somebody else on my team, I would always listen to it. And then, you know, if they say, oh, so-and-so's got there every day, they're not hustling or whatever, then, you know, as a veteran guy, that's up to me to try to figure out a way how to either straighten it out myself by either telling that teammate, hey, you know, there's just rumblings out there. You know, you find a way. When you're like kind of a captain of a team, you try to find a way to motivate guys. And even when it was, if it would have been me, and, you know, I've had my spurts where I didn't play well. Yeah. And I, you, just the accountability, just say, hey, you know, I'm stink. I stink right now. I'm, that was one thing that I always try to do with the reporters. I would always, you can't sugarcoat it. You know, you can't go out there. If I struck out twice with the bases loaded, whatever, I'm not going to go, oh, you know, I just, you know, I just had a bad, yeah, no, I stunk today. And I mm-hmm. think that's what helped me relate to the fans here in Arizona when I played because I was brutally honest with myself, the way I played the game, and to the fans. I didn't want to tell them something that I didn't believe in. Right. So I just wanted to let them know, hey, this is what's going on. We're not playing well, and, you know, it's one of those things. And I was always, if one of our players couldn't, couldn't, uh, you know, if one of our pitchers didn't want to come out because he had a bad game or whatever, I was always a go-to guy. So I always stood there and, you know, took the bullet. For everybody, yeah. and, you know, you try to give the best political answers. You don't want to bury your teammates, but at the same time, you want to be honest to fans because yeah. they're watching the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. They can read right through. Like they too. saw it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to go out there and go, yeah. oh, you know, sun got in my eyes where I missed the ball by four feet. <laughs> like, and, sir, the roof was closed. Yeah, the roof, yeah, yeah. We, there, what do you mean? You're playing a dome stadium. How the heck is the sun in your eyes? But, you know, you just – people respect you more if you're – held accountable and you you're you're honest with your the way you yeah. play and the way your teammates play yeah. who is that player for the team right now that's kind of filling those shoes that you had um uh christian walker is kind of a quiet he's a quiet leader on the team we you know i, I don't know it's hard to say because we have so many young players we brought in a guy like evan longoria uh, he's going to be great for the team uh, he's a veteran guy he's not going to play every day but it, it's going to help you know with him his leadership in there um, I, I don't always like to count on a pitcher. Like when we, when I played, it was Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, they were always, but they're pitchers. Yeah. So they don't play every day and, you know, they get their four days off. They're, you know, eating cookies and bonbons or whatever. And the other, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the but the everyday guy Cheyenne got a big kick of that <laughs> yeah, one. Like, yeah, so funny. It's always the pitchers, man. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, it's 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 going to be fun. I think Corbin Carroll's going to be that guy eventually, mm-hmm. you know, because he's young and he's already playing like a veteran guy. And I think, you know, if he goes out there and starts pressing guys and stuff and 
you know, even like last year, Dalton Varsho came up. We traded him this mm-hmm. year. But I told him a couple times during the season, I said, you're the guy here. You're hitting 24 home runs. You're driving in runs. Don't let your baseball card, because it only says rookie or whatever, you're playing every day and you're doing a damn good job. Yeah. So take that leadership role. Guys are going to respect you because you're out there playing hard and putting those numbers up. Yeah. So Cheyenne's laughing about the pitcher thing. I always, <laughs> whenever I give a tour, like, you know, if fans or friends come in the locker room, uh-huh. I always go, hey, do you guys notice anything in the locker room? So they'll stand there and they'll look around and they don't know. And I said, look at the names. And they'll look at the names, and they see everybody's name, all the big league guys, and they're still looking. So our locker room is kind of split. Mm-hmm. So on one side of the locker room, we put all the pitchers, and on the other side is all the position guys. So I always, you know, they look around, and they're trying to figure it out. They're going, uh. what the hell is he getting to, man? He's looking, they're looking at all the names. I go, on this side, and I point to the position side, are the athletes. <laughs> the athletes. And on this side are the non-athletes. <laughs> And the pitchers, pitchers. <laughs> the pitchers get pissed when I say <laughs> that. All the time. They're like, "Oh, we we play we," but I I like I love giving those guys a hard time because you know they play, you know, starters pitch one time they go out and throw they go play golf for two or three days and they come back and they're ready to play and they're making two hundred million dollars and then we're out there grinding every day and right. I'm like, uh, Shit. Actually running and yeah, doing things. Yeah, you go for yeah. four. I'm standing out in the outfield. A guy telling me that I suck, and then <laughs> these guys are sitting in there drinking Gatorade yeah. and. Eating ice cream in the clubhouse. Oh, man, that's funny. That's great. Uh, the legend, Luis Gonzalez Gonzo. Dude, thank you so much for the time. And yeah, always a, a pleasure, today, guys. Man. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.